0: And welcome to the Free Range Buffalo, break free from the herd. Joining me today is my partner in crime, Michael Morris, and I want to welcome all of our listeners to the relaunch of Season 2 of the Free Range Buffalo. Welcome back, Mike. Thanks, Bryce. Nice to be here again. Well, it's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of moving parts and trying to see just where we fit into this Shifting ground underneath us. The wacky year that is 2020. Oh, oh. so wacky. So we're sitting here and what kind of got us back in the groove and and talking about this. So we're on the cusp of uh, the American election. It's only a couple uh, another couple days away. Uh, For those listening, you've already seen what the aftermath is. For those of of us who are living in the present, we're on pins and needles. For those of us who are politically nerd, uh, politically minded um but yeah so i haven't
1: heard much about this election no honest, no I mean. it,
0: it doesn't consume the media across the world at all you know it's funny i was i was watching uh i was reading some news out of uh, france because of the uh, there was a terrorist incident at uh, the church in nice and still the number three story in france was the american election i mean you want i mean it just it, it just consumes i mean just all the oxygen in the space and there's so much going on in the world but one of the what got you and I have been talking about this for a while, and it's about this. Um, uh, it's the new launch of a new video game that one of the, the big flagships for uh for EA. Um, it's Call of Duty, uh, Cold War, right in time for Christmas, right in time for Christmas. Start killing the commies, <laughs> which I there's only one there's two real um, opponents in video games where you can uh, go ahead and kill virtual enemies and not feel bad about that. I mean, I'm not talking zombies and monsters, but Nazis you can kill and communists. So it's a, it's another really good, it's a trope of uh, the video game standards. You can go out and kill a Nazi or communists. Now they're done killing Nazis from all the different games, but More than the comments about the encouraging of violence amongst the youth, (laughs) which, I mean, you can do it in high def now. Um, But no, it was was actually the ad campaign. and It introduced me to a a gentleman by the name of uh, Yuri Bezmenov. And Yuri Bezmenov, he defected from the Soviet Union in the late 1970s. And he came uh, forward with a series of really harsh, um, inside information about what was going on within the Soviet Union's um, command structure, how they were planning, how they were operating, and he came because he wanted to raise alarm bells um, to America, to the West, about what was going on in the Soviet Union, and to wake up to the to the imminent threat that was the Soviet Union, that they were actively working uh, for the demise of united states and the west as a whole so if i understand it, the the
1: game is based on on the, this real life guy but if i understand his story he defected in what the 80s was it uh late 70s and late then 70s. yeah and, and
0: then he he did a series of interviews uh one was in uh the one i'm going to play a clip from 1984 uh so this is in the, the Ronald reagan administration um the anti-communist rhetoric was was heating up and he yuri uh Bejmanov, he, he did this interview. It's a very famous interview, and you can go on Spotify, you can go on YouTube, you can track it down. But we're going to play you a clip from it. And so, it
1: so just before you do, yeah. Bryce, let me ask you this. Do sure. you think this is what uh, scared Reagan so much against the communists, or do you think that they heard what he said and didn't do much about it? Uh,
0: how much Yuri Brezhminov's statements had to play in it, I think it's a portion. I think from, from my read on history of the Cold War, um, his... Beshevnikov's statements actually was a corroboration of an already held belief within the um, within the hawks, uh, the, the more militant side of the uh, of America, and you know they they kind of said, "See, we told you th- the Soviet Union does not want to live peacefully with us." This is and it was a confirmation. Um, there was someone the, on the left that really didn't really like what um, Beshevnikov's message was. They un- they undercut him. Um, and there was a lot of uh, a little bit of controversy about him at the time, um, but listening to it through the lens of 2020, he's he's going to talk about what the Soviet Union was doing actively at the time through their through the KGB, and in, in order to weaken and potentially overthrow uh, Western countries, including the United States. So um, we're gonna play the clip. It's a bit. It is going to be a bit long. It's about five minutes. And then um, I know, Mike, you haven't heard it yet. So we we'll want to go over in real time and digest and put it into a 2020 uh, context. So without further ado, Yuri Bezhmanov.
2: Ideological subversion is, is the slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, active in the language of, of the KGB or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality, of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in in four basic stages. Uh, The first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of of at least three generations of American students, without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already uh, for the last 25 years. Actually, it's over-fulfilled, because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously, not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures. Even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense, to promise people all kind of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government yeah. in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. Your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, the, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But they may turn into the most bitter enemies of Marx.
0: Yuri Bezhmanov, everyone. That's 1984.
1: (laughs) That's quite apropos, very Orwellian, and uh, and quite frightening. I think uh, if not everything he said uh, has come to fruition, we're darn, darn close.
0: Well, if that doesn't make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, I mean, it's, it's near on pro- prophetic. And I know when he's saying that the the stage of destabilization, you know, the the first stage, the 15 to 25-year step, that it was already succeeding in 1984, I think he was trying to raise an alarm bell. But I think if we look at when I look at it objectively, of what was going on, the America did, did what it has done over its long 200-year history. You know, that's long because I'm a North American. I don't believe in long swaths of history. So it reinvented itself. Under Reagan, it had a, it had a rebirth, uh, this rebirth of, uh, of patriotism. Um, and I think uh, Bezhbunov underestimated just how fragile um, the Soviet Union really was. He, he does speak, I've heard him speak a, a few times about that the fact that socialism and communism doesn't have a, an actual feedback loop. So it makes the system brittle. Um, but I don't think he he thought it was going to still sustain itself because of the way it was still being propped up. And it was hard to believe it was going to collapse. But when it collapsed and there was no other opponent, American pride, you know, it it rose up. The Iraq War won, the the Clinton administration, the the hegemony across the world, and America was at its zenith. But when I hear those words, active measures of... And part of those active measures are to distract a country by um, items of news stories and of issues that are really not of national importance but they consume the intention of the uh, of the country and of the people you know that's another part of the active measures of, and part of the destabilization i'm like that's really frightening
1: well i think you can see that and what what I found yeah, chilling about that is when he said you could show people the truth and, and right in front of their face, yeah. and they won't believe it. And we're definitely there right now. We talk of echo chambers, we talk of bias, uh, left versus right. you know how, however you want to identify these divisive identifiers, uh, you know, we are, we're there. We, we, we're not consuming information in the same way, and we're, we're very selective in the information that we consume.
0: How many times have you heard that we live in a post-truth
1: era? Since 2000, I can't even count, since 2016 even. Uh, It uh, started before that a little bit, but since then, we've really heard
0: it. Half a decade, we live in a post-truth era. Wow, half a decade. There never is a post-truth era. (laughs) Think about that just for a second. There's no such thing as a post-truth era. It's it's whether or not you accept the truth or you don't. There's no such thing as, well, I have my own truth. That's such a load of intellectual fallacy it's that's just the it's
1: junk well i, I think that people haven't been challenging themselves intellectually uh with you know common sense thinking for for quite some time
0: I, agreed so what, so the so, other thing that
1: was frightening was he, was he said uh because they have no moral standards americans will do it to themselves
0: well and and is, isn't this interesting so here, when I when I hear Yuri Brezhmanov, and I'm not saying, I'm not going to be b- jumping on board that uh, what's going on in the States and in Canada and in the West is part of some ancient legacy of uh, Soviet active measures. That's not my what, what my. No, but you found that on YouTube. So, you know, someone else could easily
1: find it on YouTube as well. well. Or they knew about it before. I mean, if that's the playbook of, say, communism. It's not hard to see how someone from, say, oh, I don't know, Antifa. You know, found that and, you know, d- drafted up a little document.
0: Well, let, let's just walk this through a, po- a possible causal chain. And I'm not here to promote any kind of conspiracy theory, but let's just walk this through. The fall of the, of the Soviet Union uh, between, well, 1989, Berlin Wall, and then the breakup of the Soviet Republics, the the chaos that happens in the 90s, and a host of um, Soviet-era um, people... There's a huge diaspora. They explode across the world. A lot of the oligarchs you know, go into Western Europe. London's full of Russian oligarch money. Mm-hmm. So is the uh, uh, United States. There's a, hu- is a huge influx of uh, Russian um, immigrants into, uh, into the states. Now, you flash forward and this resurgence, and, and, and we've talked about this on, on Free Range Buffalo before, the resurgence of, the, of neo-Marxism. Which basically, it's not neo-Marxism; it's just Marxism. The reason we put neo in front of it is because it's we're talking about it again. It's the same repackaged stuff that Marx wrote about at the middle of the 1800s. I mean, give me a break. This has been the most bankrupted philosophy for the last near on 200 years. Well, 150 for sure, and it's being repackaged now. It's being used by um, the environmental movement. This the, and and against. Capitalism. This, this organized uh, debate about capitalism. So, if I were to take a look at this, you know, as you know, Black Lives Matters has talked about how they are neo-Marxist and they were trained in Venezuela. They talk about the uh, De Blasio, who's the mayor of New York. He cut his teeth uh, working for the communists down in um, Nicaragua, and and all these different power players within the radical left movements. Antifa included, have shown themselves to have training. As a matter of fact, the riots that have been going on in the United States as a result of um, the backlash to um, heavy-handed racial discrimination or perceived racial discrimination by the United United States and their police, so those riots, when they were being uh, conducted, and especially the most violent wings of it that was being done by Antifa, those tactics are advanced insurgency tactics, pre-placing of bricks, the... Uh, establishment of barricades, the rally points of challenge of police withdrawal, challenge in places of strength withdrawal, and then go to a place of non-strength of of sowing uh, um, massive amounts of um, disruption and destruction in in an area with very limited numbers. That's a playbook that was been developed by uh, militaries, not not just the West, but definitely in in the communist um, Eastern Bloc from the 1980s. So I'm not saying that there's um, that this is a direct Soviet movement. What I'm saying is it has the fingerprints of these tools that were developed to promote uh, the Soviet Union, and it's it feels like this is a mutation. This feels like this is a, 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 a um, an outgrowth of that, and they're using these tools that were developed for one purpose, and they're using it for another purpose, um, and and. Ultimately, the goal is still the destabilization of and the usurpation of capitalist, individual-based Western philosophy in countries. Yeah, I think what
1: he said, uh, there's too much that has rung true to sort of poke holes in what hasn't come to mm. fruition yet. Indeed. Uh, uh, the education of, you know, a ge- uh, generation or two of people and then you have uncontested ideas. You can see that people talk about that in the education systems now. The destabilization, if you want to look at uh, now, 2020, it's, if it's in the States, two to five years. Uh, in Canada, it's been that, certainly, since Trudeau. Uh, you know, this where post what did you say post-national?
0: Post-national, yeah, which... Well, which
1: is, which uh, we won't even get into, but... We kind of want to, but yes. Uh, well, we. I mean, we could, but but that was sort yeah. of the beginning yep. of, of a destabilizing movement within Canada. Yep. And then sort of this anti-Trump movement has been very destabilizing, Uh, Whether or not you agree with it or not, there's been no doubt it's been destabilizing in the United Mm. States for the last two two, two, to five years. If you want to, you you could say, you know, uh, Corona was a crisis, although that doesn't fit his timeline. What does fit his timeline, and which goes with the violent, what was it, the violent turnover of power? Mm. I think he said something along those lines. Uh, That's this... possible uh, violence after the election that everyone seems to be gearing up for. Uh, you know, that is a six-week period between the time of the presidential election, a little bit longer, but essentially that, that period of time, it fits in with his timeline for the crisis. And then that can usher in that next stage, right? That, that uh, sort of the normalization. And they talk about Biden going back to the way things were, or going back to the, and it's you hear the new normal all the time, the well, new normal. And so isn't that so funny that the, the new normal the is long it, now kind of thing. It, it goes back to all of that. Right. And so
0: they're actually using the same language.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they are. And uh, it's, it's like an onion or, or I hate to use that red pill term. I think it's so overused, but once you begin to see these things, you see them everywhere. Yeah. And, I think so often we forget that sometimes people are hiding in plain sight. They tell you exactly what they're doing. Yeah. We don't just, <laughs> we choose not to believe it. Oh, well, they can't really mean that. Yeah. They don't mean it like that. Do they? No, no, yeah, no, no, they do actually. They're <laughs> yeah.
0: No one really wants to see this happen. Yeah. Well, there's some people who really want to see the end of this capitalist system we have. And it's not to say that it's not, it's, Definitely, with its flaws. I mean, the income inequality—we can talk about that ad nauseum. But these are just—I think—we're trying to solve a few symptoms by killing the patient.
1: Yes, I, I mean, you could you could say this playbook could be used anywhere, right? I Absolutely. Mean, probably, CIA and other places have very similar similar playbooks. Um, we're, I guess we're just examining it from our our purview. Up here in Canada and, and what's going on with current events now. And and it does seem like a lot of it's kind of coming
0: And, and, and fore. And, and that's a really good point. Just because the, what's been, you know, what, what Yuri Bezhminov actually is talking about from the Soviet perspective, and that's a really clever point. The, the CIA, they have a huge track record for destabilizing... Um, countries and, and governments and toppling them to get some of the more favorable regimes in place i mean that's a playbook through the late later half of the 20th century so but i think you know we talked was before the mark when human the 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 psychological conditions when you're living in in the west you, there's just certain things that if you want to defeat us you're not going to defeat us by uniting us behind one enemy. What you're trying to do is getting us to focusing on things that divide us, this, mm. um, by, by separating us out into our various sub tribes. And and when you look at it going, so there's two ways to think about it, that this has been done by accident, you know, accidentally we're, we're falling and, and devolving into these, these, this fractured, uh, state, or that there's a more concentrated effort by people who oppose our current trajectory. If you don't buy into the, you know, if, if you don't like the way that we live in because of the environmental damage our way of life imposes, well, then, you know, these same people would find humanity as, you know, they, they use the words, humanity is a plague on the earth, is a cancer, we're, we're, we're devouring stuff. So you want to, you know, almost like a neo-Luddite where you want to destroy the modern industrial world. You would buy into this. Well, how do I be part of this particular movement and get rid of this evil, corrupt empire that we're living under? But that's kind of to... Benjamin Now's point, you, you, you don't even know what the truth is anymore because we didn't empower and ennoble whole generations of people to celebrate what it is that we have. I mean, we stand astride the world after millennia of development politically, economically, socially. I mean, we're not at each other's throats. There's more people lifted out of poverty than ever have before. The amount of material comfort has never been close to what we have across the world. We don't fight... O- Currently, this is the most peaceful we've ever been. We're not fighting any large wars. But there's this inward destruction that that seems to be happening to almost every country in the West. Britain, France, Germany, Canada, United States, Australia. All of them, all of us are like too little butter over too much toast. Spread thin and not having to have this... um, intellectual and emotional fortitude to withstand the next crisis Mm.
1: yeah i I wonder if uh, that's because of the lack of conflict that that nations have had to go through over the past you know at at least uh, three generations Mm, Yeah, at least yeah Yeah. so there hasn't been any major uh nationwide sort of uh that's involved the, the whole nation for for all of these places so perhaps they've gotten complacent perhaps you know these these forces have have worked their mechanisms through these active measures in these nations to help undermine it, mm. it sort of expose the soft underbelly as yep. it were uh on the flip side uh you know you, you can't Humans throughout history have have fought, and I think you know even against the elements or things like that. There's always something that you need to fight against. Yep. Right. Just even entropy, you have to fight against. But humans can't be fighting all the time. If you're fighting, 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 you know, like at yep. some point, you kind of have to have to rest. So there's a balance there, and I th- I just I, I don't know where it is, and, and I I guess what where I was going with that is is how do you as a nation. Uh, Fight against entropy create a compelling vision and and sort of fight these these forces that can take over when you're not actively working against them uh, what yuri mentioned was sort of the lack of american patriotism or these values mm. and so if you're not that's sort of where the fight is it's it's this loss of a, the american dream and we can argue that maybe it's not there for everyone anymore these these pick yourself up by the bootstraps unlimited opportunity anyone can become president maybe that mythos isn't quite what it was but the fact that it's been weakened allows these other uh, ideologies to sort of come in as perhaps better alternatives and for those who haven't experienced it or who haven't experienced any hardship in their lives these seem like sort of utopian visions and and well hey this is my solution you know i don't I um, can't afford to go to college. This is my way out of Starbucks. I don't like serving all these people in Ferraris. It can grab hold like that. And and so I can see how it can t- take force. How do we fight against it? Can we now? I'm, I, I don't know.
0: Well, you know, I, what that triggers in me, you know, taking Yuri's words from the KGB, active measures. So whether it's a single entity or a movement I think the recognition, first of all, is that there are active um, ideologies and people and groups that are actively trying to tear down our way of life, that the triumph of the individual, you know, we talk about this a lot of Free Range Buffalo, I mean, the whole show, our entire unifying ide- um, philosophy is the triumph of the individual, the dignity of the individual, and, that the, and the primacy of the individual, rather than... The solution is of the is, is found in the collective within the state, that the state's the solution. But we we know if you think that the solution is the state and is in the collective, look to your history. Read the gulag archipelago, read what happens in, in the totalitarian disasters of the 20th century. Look what happens when you defer all decisions to the to the collective because you will never like what the outcome is. So if there's active measures from people who want to usurp the triumph of the individual for their own grab of power, even if it's under the guise of utopia. Because what the Soviets used to call those people are useful idiots because it's not about the empowering of the individual. That's not what the radical left actually want. They want to enslave you because they think they get to be at the top and, and have the power for themselves. So as there's active measures that are going against us here in the West trying to take away our life, our challenge Our challenge between you and me, Mike, and our challenge to anyone who's listening and our challenge to any person that we interact with is to challenge them to get active and have counteractive measures, to be proactive. What is history? What is our legacy? What are we the inheritors of? And I'll tell you right now, it's not as sheeple. It's not as passive participants and to take what we can from the state. It is to be the rugged individual working together with our fellow man for the embedment of all of us. And anyone who opposes that, the idea of competition, if you don't like competition, you don't understand what life is. Life is competition. If you think that everything is rainbows and lollipops, you don't understand what life is. It's hard. And we, and we need to wake up to the fact that people want to take what is yours and we need to stand up. So I, I, my challenge to myself today, it's time to get active. It's time to get really active. And we need to challenge everyone when, whenever these lies come before us we need to say no that's not right what you're what you're talking about we've tried this like we don't need to go down this road again we don't need to have another soviet union we don't need to go down these disastrous roads again what we do need to do like what you said is we need to reclaim we need to rebirth our 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 best institutions to empower and ennoble the individual again and if if we're not achieving that yes we need to renew that we don't throw that baby out with the bathwater.
1: No, exactly. We need to, uh, to get active, and, and I, can't, uh, I couldn't have said it better than you just did, so I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? It's so good to be back uh, with you, Mike. It's so good to uh, you rolling up our sleeves and trying to do what we can, being um, a voice in the darkness. And to all of our fellow free-range buffaloes, Roam free. For-